Hey guys, this is Chris and Hunter. Uh, we have... It's very late at night. Yes. It's the witching hour. It's past my bedtime it's by an hour and 15 minutes. Effectively, uh, a time when only devils play. <laughs> devils and carpoolers. And uh, we've just finished literally going line by line through Hunter's audio and re-recording the last episode. I never knew I was so good at voice acting until tonight. I don't want to say that our last episode was attacked directly by the Palestinian Authority, um, but it, Hunter's audio did sound like it had been bombed repeatedly <laughs> and over the course of many years. So we've reclaimed the territory. We don't want to say it, but we definitely wrote a manifesto stating exactly that. Yeah, well, we, well it's, we don't want to say it because it would take away a little bit of the energy of the manifesto. Right, the manifesto is really good. Please and go to carlpoint.com. I think you guys know that manifestos run primarily on energy. I mean, every time I've had a manifesto, it's been light on ideas and heavy on energy. I need to look at my blueprints, but oh, wow, yeah, there's just a big lightning bolt in the middle of it. That's exactly that's how you craft the perfect manifesto. That's how you do it. So anyway, thank you for reaching out to us, literally thousands of you. Literally right. millions. Every person on planet Earth sent Hunter and I a letter. I've had so many cookies sealed with wax and a kiss and spritzed with our favorite perfumes uh it's asking where last week's episode was that's where it was so there's not going to be a second episode this week we are exhausted however we usually would scrap the, you know bend the episode and refire but i think you'll know why when you listen to this one it simply wasn't an option for us so thanks for your patience I hope you enjoy it, and, and also, you know, they're, they're, the topic of this episode is now a little bit stale, but I'll say, and Hunter, I think you agree with me, that nothing that we said in this episode changes Yes, uh, exactly based right. on that, so yeah. uh, we stand by it, we hope you enjoy it, love you guys, send us, send us an iTunes review, that's all. That's all, that's all we ask. Alright, enjoy. It's been a good run. It's been fun. Uh, we do have to announce that this is the very last episode of Carlpool. So, yeah, the end of an era, if you will. Uh, we uh, we just can't we can't quite keep it up anymore. So we've got to move on to other things. So we appreciate that those of you that have been with us this far, and uh, and. Um, that's that, so... I really... It really wouldn't have been so bad, Chris, if it wasn't for all the hate. Bittersweet, um, Hunter. Yeah. It's been bittersweet. Yeah. Anyway, we'll be back next week with our new show, Carl Pooling. We've changed the capitalization mm -hmm. on one of the letters. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, this, yeah. this publicity stunt has actually been sponsored by Don Lemon, um, <laughs> who pulled the exact same publicity stunt on CNN this week as their ratings continue to plummet. Uh, if you can't beat them, join them. You know what I'm saying, If you Hunter? can't beat them, join them. Yeah, our ratings are, checks notes, great. Great, comparatively. <laughs> yeah, to CNN. Look, and so. if, you, if you divide our watchers by our budget, I think we're winning. Really, we're winning by a lot, we're, cr we're crushing them. So, yes. anyhow, 
uh, enough fun in games, unless you're Don Lemon, then everything's fun in games, I guess. Welcome Zoom. to Carl Pooling. It's a show about everything that you're not allowed to talk about. It's a show that's going to get you fired. We talk about politics, religion, science, philosophy, Hunter, what other stuff? Art? Uh, also, uh, politics and science. Uh, I've said those. Sometimes some art. Okay, um, you're fired from the show. <laughs> okay, that's great. I'll just turn it. Well, we don't have a show anymore, so that's I'll right. just join the new show. It'll be yeah. great. Well, I'm, I'm still looking at re- re-upping your contract for the new Carl Pooling to come out next Uh-oh. week. Uh-oh. Um, Not good. Well, I've got, I've got three pages of notes. I'm on fire, Hunter. I am literally aflame here in the yeah. studio. I've actually had yeah. to fire retard my mark. Um, and by you mark, say that. I mean mic. But I got so excited at the chance to say retard without it being the word retarded that I wanted to have more AR sounds in my sentence. I've had to fire retard my mic simply to allow it to be in vocal proximity to my face to record this episode. That's how hot this one is. I've got uh, stacks and stacks. I know you do, too. It's been a weird couple of weeks. Yeah, in a certain part of the world, and we're going to dissect it. But before we do, let us pause in reverence for the holy sacrament of roadkill. Hunter? Um, Did you bring in the ceremonial gong? I don't have the gong. I do have the the sensor. It's (sighs) not as useful in an audio format as the gong. I will be the first one to say. It's not, but it is. I like the look of it better, if I'm honest. Well, it doesn't um, come across, but just yeah. imagine a sensor. And yeah. Hunter can only see it on the video, but just think about how I smell. I'm, I'm smelling it here. Just imagine what that might be like. Yeah. yeah. While we it's, honor it, this sacred sacred sacrament of Carl Pooling. It's beautiful. This, this, the, the wafts that I'm seeing just rise through your beard are really, really just emotional thick, for me. Thick, like a 17-year-old's mango vape, Hunter. Mm, okay. Well, you know, don't don't vape and drive, kids. I hope. Uh, I, I mean, I know we're an audio podcast, but I'll paint a picture with words every now and again. <laughs> so, Christopher uh, Roadkill, the real reason the people are here. Um, here's here's a great thing to know: uh, the University of Illinois is now condemning the use of digital blackface. In digital blackface. What you talking about, Willis? It's a, it's a new thing, <laughs> or when non-black individuals use GIFs or emojis fe- featuring Aww. black people. Bye, Felicia. Now, <laughs> okay. So now you must be like, Hunter, you're joking. Okay, well, that was, the, that was the article headline. I get it. You know, what are we even talking about anymore? Uh, let's go real quick to the University of Illinois' uh, social media accessibility and inc- inclusivity uh, statements here, and they have a little tab here called Avoiding Digital Blackface. <laughs> Allow oh, me to no. read this to you from a university's website. Uh, a term coined by Joshua Lumpkin Green in his 2006 master's thesis, Digital Blackface, the repackaging of the black masculine image, uh, quotes, Digital Blackface refers to the way which technology allows non-black people to try out black identities online. Digital blackface can range from non-black people creating fake Twitter accounts posing as black, often posting anti-black messages or defending anti-black celebrities to non-black people excessively using reaction GIFs featuring black people. So, now... That collection <laughs> of sentences 
spoken over the internet has cost more more than 50 barren wombs. I mean, yeah. can you imagine anything yeah. less masculine than, hey, it hurts my feelings when you do a picture of black people on the internet? It's so ridiculous. And, like, um, just the fact that, like, if you were like, man, I love Will Smith, and this gif of Will Smith is so good. I want to share it with my friends because it captures this moment. <laughs> no, <Where> you don't. <laughs> no, right. you don't. <laughs> right. Like, and it's like, you don't know what it's ridiculous. like to be a rich black actor, Hunter. You don't know what it's like. <laughs> it's true. tough I out really there. <laughs> no doubt. But it's just, it's Sometimes just so you have a best, se- a best uh, most viewed, best-selling hit TV show. And right. sometimes you make the one where they, they do a squad of suicide, and it's not so great. Sometimes, but still, you don't know what it's like. Sometimes you have a heart-wrenching moment where you need to get you know, your seven pounds out and give them to your friends and family yep. so, they can, so that you can pay for your past sins. Check. And sometimes you got to choke a dog named Sam. Sometimes you got to give the dog one. <laughs> what, which one is sadder? While you're that doing a real big question. cry, a big rubbery cry. Uh, I'm sorry, Sam. <laughs> and then you got to yell at a mannequin, which is named Fred. Fred, if I remember correctly. I went with Fred, so I remember Fred Hunter, as well. Here's the thing about that: sometimes it's really hard out there on very successful black actors. No sometimes doubt. your daughter tries to put out a music video where she attempts to whip her hair hither and thither. And throw that and would yawn. Be, and that that's be not easy for vision. anyone. It's not no. easy for anyone to be like, examine my progeny. <laughs> and I apologize <laughs> for this. White people don't have to deal with that. Never. Um, At never once. Rebecca Black, it's in the name. Um, <laughs> oh man, that's, that's oh we've really gotten good. off track here. Well, to uh, we? to anyone who's passing this this ignorant policy around what'd you say university of illinois university of illinois i only have one thing to say shug you show is ugly wow wow yeah wow yeah it's that's bizarre um and the fact too that like this is the reason i hate stuff like that it's become so easy to troll right and it's like oh is this is this the line well here is a black thumbs up you know what i mean yeah like and that's the problem. It's like you're 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 making such a stupid line that is going to bring out the worst in people. I've been using know? the black middle finger for a while now because I found it to be more realistic. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I don't know how to feel about that, now. <laughs> but 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 you get my point. Is like, I mean, it, it's so easy for people to just whip out the troll and yeah. get to get to work, and you're just kind of handing people that line because you're putting something that's just ridiculous like yeah. it, it it shouldn't matter anyway. seriously and this is the problem with with the way this is going i mean i mean in the grand scheme of things you've now equated hosing black people down with a fire hose when they try and vote and sicking german shepherds onto them to sending your friends an image of terry cruz smiling while his pecs bounce independently right. of one another like right. the the things that you are that you are combining have caused serious issues in the history of this country to be lumped together phonetically and and from a language perspective with nonsense. Yeah. And so the term racism is so dead 
It means yeah. so little. Right. And calling someone a racist means almost nothing in this day and age. Now, mm. in the corporate structure, we still pretend like it's it's worth someone losing their job over. But the truth mm. of the matter is that some things that are we, we are considering racist now are so benign that... Uh, well, Hunter, I'll put it to you like this, and we've said it before. I think we've said it on the show about women. But if me sharing a gif of The Rock doing a grin actually causes you damage, then I am a white supremacist. If that is enough to actually cause you harm, then people that do not find themselves harmed by that are better than you. So that I, I, you've, you've done this to yourself. And, and yes, media matters. Cut it out of context. What I'm saying is that no one believes that you're actually done harm by things this innocuous. And if you truly are, then I do think I'm better than you. I think I am you're, superior to you. You're kind of doing the, re the reverse critique of the bigotry of low, uh, low expectations, right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm, if, if I am supposed to take you seriously then you have made me truly believe I am supreme. Right. right. Now, I don't, I don't, because you're a right. liar. Right, exactly. Like, you don't actually believe what you're saying. Right, exactly. you're just using it as a club to beat your enemies up. Exactly. Uh, which, is, which is what that, when you start to coddle and uh, treat everyone like they're a special little princess flower, so to speak, uh, mm. then, yeah, that, that's for free. <laughs> um, then then you, um, you put them in this, uh, cage that we would never put an adult in. We would never expect an. We would never uh, create that safe space, so to speak, for an adult that we respect. I think yeah. that's the best way to say it. Yeah. And oh, so, yeah, how can how can you how can you actually pretend like this costs you something and right. expect to engender respect from your colleagues? Right. Exactly. The, the only respect that you'll engender is the faux respect that they give you because they know that petting you is good for their self image. Right, like or, a dog. or possibly for their career. Petting right. you like a dog. Yeah, well, what's the difference? I mean, at right. a certain sure. point. Sure, um, you're right. Yeah, you've become, you've become a useful plaything of people who couldn't give a crap about your agenda if right. you believe in this kind of stuff. Okay, um, be better. Build black better. Hashtag Joe Biden. Bears Hashtag Joe Biden. Black Battlestar Galactica. Hunter, we've got a serious topic today. We do. Uh, let's let's let the audience guess what it is. There's it's got lots of rockets. You should have already guessed. You should have guessed already. If you haven't guessed, we're talking about Israel uh, Palestine. He says with scare quotes the Israel Palestine conflict. So we find ourselves a couple weeks, maybe about a week and a half by the time this gets posted, removed from the beginning of this news cycle. Mm -hmm. And in America, this kind of became a conflagration when many missiles were launched from the Gaza Strip into mainland Israel. And Israel responded by launching many missiles and rockets from, from mainland Israel back into the Gaza Strip. Right. However, the causes of this conflict have, have been percolating for much longer than that and some of the causes are being lied about so i think you guys have probably listened to our previous episode on israel um if you want to go look it up i think it's called if i forget the o jerusalem yes i believe is the title of it go listen to that and in it we give a holistic history of the israel 
Palestine and greater Middle Eastern conflict going back from like near biblical times to present day. Right. And we're going to have another another very informative episode. Let me can, tell can you. I, yeah, jump in. I, I just want to start by saying, and because I, I think, and Christopher, you might have been doing this, and I apologize if you were. Oh, you can do it just as good. I mean, well, not just as good, but close, Hunter. Really close. Thanks. I, I appreciate that. Well, this is one of those topics, I think, Christopher, that just ju- like the problem, I think this is literally the most complicated topic we have in politics today to discuss. Sure. And I think that's because you're talking about a country. You're talking about, you know, people who are living in that country prior to them being there in that land, so to speak. Um, you're, you have years and years. I mean, you have, this is the center of the world for, Mm -hmm. um, millennia at this point. It's the center of the religious world even now, whereas America is the center of the economic world, right? Right, exactly. And so, I mean, so much is here and it's almost impossible to begin to talk about because the, the big question becomes, when do you start, where do you start? Mm -hmm. Right. And I, and I think, you know, this here today's message and that grace to some extent too we're doing our best to try and figure some of this stuff out we're doing our best to try and look at everything too and also this is just an encouragement to look into it yourself as well because there is i mean this is a massive topic there is a ton of information here um i think it'll be clear where we land on a lot of this stuff by the time by the time we get into this stuff yeah. to this show but i i don't i don't say that in any way um, to diminish what anybody's done in this entire conflict. I mean, you know, if you start and say, whenever like Israel starts walking into the Holy Land, right, and saying, well, God said that's ours, you know, there's certain ways to read that where it sounds bad, right? And so, sure. like, and so I, I think there, I, it, it's an extremely complicated topic, and we're not trying to make light of that in any way. So, yeah. Um, Except for I've done a bunch of research, I need absolutely no grace. I will tell you the unfiltered, unvarnished truth. And I'm absolutely sure. going to only hit. So, some of both camps. Um, sure. I, I'm ready to slay this thing. Hunter, I'll tell you why I'm so turned up about this. And why I think it matters to our audience. Israel is this topic that gives us such a direct view of the inconsistencies in a postmodern Yes, Neo-Marxist worldview. It, yep. it, is, it highlights precisely how far people will go and how deep they can bend on their mental gymnastics so as to, to pursue the revolution and the coalition that wants to pursue the revolution against the West, and I include Israel in the West, against the ideals that make the West great, against the principles of freedom, free trade, consensual marriage, but also transactions. There, mm-hmm. You could not have a more clear conflict than this. Also, there is something else that is going on here that is deeper than that, and and this will matter less to some of our listeners and more to some of our listeners. The Jews are special people. They are special people for a number of reasons. And the hatred that you see for Jews specifically, it it beguiles logical interpretations. There is a deep hatred for the Jewish people that has existed for centuries. And it does not make sense. People who you would think would be their allies are their enemies. And, Unlike 
really any other group on the face of the world, there is a concerted effort not only to remove their places of, of worship and their places of uh, existence, their places of settlement, but also the people themselves from the globe. There, sure, there's 17 hillbillies in Kentucky that think it would be really nice if there were no black people. There's probably a couple, a couple, you know, new Black Panthers who envision Wakanda without any of the whites, right? Sure. There sure. are thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of people that desire the blood of every Jew on planet Earth to be spilled, and to deny that fact is anti-Semitic. Period. It it is clear. It is well. Let me let me put it to you this way. Maybe not millions of people. Yeah. Yes. I think that was the only thing you said. Gov- governments yeah. representing millions of people. And That's a better way to say it. Yeah. yeah. So, because I'm not going to poll everyone. However, you there's another, the whole another way to look at that and look at the polls of what certain certain people in more moderate countries support in the Middle East as it as it relates to the Jewish people. But I governments understand. that support millions of people support the destruction and the and call for the blood of every single jewish person on planet earth there is not another nation state that is calling for genocide openly like like is called for by these palestinian countries or palestinian territories against the jewish people that needs to be set and it is not it is not bilateral the the in incorporation of the Jewish state does not necessitate the destruction of Arabs or Muslims or any category like that. It does not run both ways. So off the top, that's why I think this matters. There's something going on here that is hard to explain. And it's a, it relates around the hatred to the Jewish people. And also we can see the battle lines that are drawn between the West as it is and the West as it should never be very clearly around this topic. So, yeah. So I, I think I agree with everything you just said. And strangely enough, I think uh, I really leaned on Barry Weiss to kind of open this up to me. She's got a great article on Substack talking about this, the same conclusion you just made about how a postmodern society uh, influences how we interpret this whole event is the same conclusion she comes to in her article, which is, it's very interesting, right? And so she's basically saying, like, you have this, I mean, there, there are certain, like, I mean, you, uh, I don't want to, we'll get to this point later, but there's a very colonialist uh, slant given to the Jewish people as they occupy Israel. And it is so bizarre that that happens because yeah. the majority of them are not, uh, Ashkenazi Jews, you know, they're, uh, they're from Northern Africa that, you know, they're from different, they're from Middle Eastern countries of different Russia. types of descents. Right. Exactly. I mean, it, it's, it's this entire group of people that were never involved in that colonializing activity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and were ridiculed in those countries and thought of, and who active, who those countries actively acted out their persecution and extermination as well. Yeah. And Holocaust so it, and pogroms and what, what have you. I mean, Right. Many many of the people who occupy Israel now escape there. Right. And this isn't to say this other point we, maybe we can touch on this a little bit later too but Chris, you know, you what's so interesting too about what you're just saying about the 
undue hatred to this people is very interesting when you look at it from the Cain and Abel story, right? Mm. The undue hatred that Cain had for Abel, who we don't know all the details in that story, but one way is to say is just God's chosen, right? And so it's just very, and you know, it's like, don't you hate the thing that is uh, beautiful to some extent? Um, And if anything, the Jews continues to show us that they persevere through the worst persecution and they invent some of the most incredible technology um, and, you know, so anyway, we'll get into all, all to that, especially the, the things that are on the ground, but I just, you know, it's, 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 it, it's, uh, there's a lot to this topic. So yeah. anyway. Yeah. And, and I, I totally agree with that. I'm interested in Barry Wise's article. I haven't read it, um, but it's interesting that we draw a similar conclusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One, one thing that I'll say is that it is not acceptable to be neutral on this issue from, sure. for, in my opinion, there is very few conflicts that are more more dire than this one in the world today one of them would be the Uyghur muslims in in china so this isn't a religious thing but it is it is unacceptable to remain neutral on this topic just as it's unacceptable to remain neutral about china's treatment of muslims in northern china now the conflict is complicated we're going to break down the conflict we're going to talk about why it it is happening why people are saying it's happening, what's actually going on, the U.S.'s involvement, which I think is very important for us to discuss, and then wrapping it up with what U.S. personalities, United States personalities are saying about the conflict and how that relates to the facts of the conflict and the interpretation of the conflict and then maybe we'll get to to the main point um and it's going to be a spicy one hunter i think i'm going to make some people pretty mad well so that sounds so good and like a great way to get people fired so good job you're living up to the name of the show that's right that's right live that fire dream so let's talk about it rocket barrages started on may 10th in israel now the Media will tell you, has told you, certain bits of the media, that this was because of the attack on the Alaska Mosque. Mm, I can't speak. Alaska Mosque. Now, the Alaska Mosque is the mosque that is on the Temple Mount in, in Jerusalem. So, a little bit of background on the Temple Mount. A, a little bit of background on Israel in general. And, you, of course, you can go find this in our If I Forget the O Jerusalem episode. But... 18% of Israel is Arab. So people like to throw on this verbiage that it's an apartheid state. Demonstrably, it is not. And if mm-hmm. there's any apartheid, it deals with the Temple Mount, and it's anti-Jewish in nature. Mm-hmm. And this is the Israeli government setting it up that way. Um, Jews are rarely allowed on the Temple Mount, only at very specific times, whereas by, by contrast, Muslims are always allowed on the Temple Mount. There's a Muslim school on the Temple Mount, there's a Muslim soccer field on the Temple Mount. Um, mm. Jews are not allowed to pray on the Temple Mount. They will be escorted off if they choose to by Israeli forces. So, so it, this is this is self-imposed by the Israelis. I'm not pretending that this is persecution. Okay, I just want to be clear about what is and is not happening and what the realities are and are not on the ground in Jerusalem. If you have never been, talk to someone who has been. I talked just this week to a Jewish friend who had has been to the Temple Mount, or has been to Jerusalem, rather, and was not allowed to go up on the Temple Mount. You, 
Hmm. You can find this out for yourself. Um, so the Alaska Mo- Alaksa Mosque is the mosque that is on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. This mosque was effectively raided. And we'll talk about why later. But suffice for now to say that the Israeli police raided the mosque. And in response, Hamas started firing rockets. Okay. So let's talk about what the media said. Because they blamed this, this raid and then these attacks on two fundamental lies. And we need to talk about these two lies before we talk about the actual reasons. So the first lie was that Israel was in the business of seizing Arab property in Sheikh Jarrah. So, Hunter, have yeah. you heard any about that? Yeah, essentially there were something with... I don't know all the conflicts surrounding this, but essentially like 1948... Those territories were under Jewish control. Those territories, they lost them in some kind of conflict, and there were squatters sitting on them till today. And there was essentially a court decision, and Israel has regained that territory. And it's been the court to return that territory. And those houses and everything from the squatters to the people who owned them previously in Jerusalem. Yeah. It's a very complicated property right dispute but it's pretty simple to see what happened yeah. there it's, from what it's I can a, see about it it's a pro, it's a private property lawsuit that has been Correct. in the court system for over half of a century so sure. um, yeah but you you've got it you've got it right Hunter Sheikh Jarrah was Jewish territory prior to the 1948 redraw when it was captured by Jordan and then it was okay. re-given to Israel recaptured back in 1967 after the the lines were redrawn again in the area. And since 1967, the Arab and Palestinian families that have been living in what is, I believe, six houses. Yep, uh, have, six. There's been a lawsuit. It, and it accounts for about 300 people, I'm, I'm told, in this area that are, they're not even being asked to leave Israel or even Sheikh Jarrah. They're being asked to leave these specific houses that they do not own, that gotcha. they have not been paying rent for. So, gotcha. So... We were and they told, don't have any property claim, and they're not paying any rent for these buildings. They're just simply in these buildings correct. squatting. And, and okay. so this is the thing. The, the media, the mainstream media, also, also Palestinian media, media, said that this was the reason for the outrage, and this was the reason for the rioting that was going to take place in Israel. This is obviously not true. We're talking about, we're talking about hundreds of thousands of rockets over six, six buildings? I don't, right. th- I don't think so. Right. Uh, it, you have to be extra special gullible to believe that Sheikh Jarrah is the reason that the rocket barrage is happening right now. Agreed. Yeah, it, it, I mean... A... Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just mean that just doesn't add up, right? Yeah. You, don't kill, you don't kill families and children over houses, right? Exactly. Uh, if that sort of makes sense. Especially houses that aren't owned by anyone. Right, and that's the thing that doesn't make sense. It's not even saying that these people can't live in Israel, if I understand what you're trying to say. It's just that yeah, it, these it, houses that aren't claimed by anyone should probably go back to the family that claimed them originally a long time ago. Uh, that's what makes the most sense, so to speak. Yeah, it, it has nothing to do with race. It has nothing to do with religion. It has nothing to do with ethnicity or creed. It is simply a property dispute. Okay. So that happened shortly after... That that news broke. 
then there were some some riots that broke out in Israel. Now we're going to talk about those a little bit later, but the second lie that people are using to say that the that justifies this rocket barrage from Hamas in the Gaza Strip is because the the Israelis stopped worship in the a lot this is so hard for me to say. I don't know why I can't say it. Al-Aqsa? Al-Aqsa Mosque on the Temple okay. Mount. So, and, and this is true. They did indeed do that in a way. Um, however, uh, they, they began rioting on the Temple Mount because Israel, the Israel state, Israeli state put up some, some fences because they heard that there was going to be activity um, perhaps staging against uh, IDF or Israeli police forces from the Temple Mount. So they put up some gates on the Temple Mount, not to restrict access, just to control flow. And rioting started. Hmm. And so then Israel removed the gates. And guess what didn't stop? The rioting. The rioting continued. Hmm. And hmm. the Al-Aqsa Mosque was actually used as a staging ground for attacks on Israeli police primarily. And hmm. so and so the Israeli defense force and Israeli police did take control of the mosque and kick people out. Um, I think it's pretty reasonable to understand why they chose to do they were, that. They were they they were storing rocks there too to use in violence, yeah. right? I mean, they, right, it wasn't like peaceful people in a mosque that were getting attacked. They were storing weapons to commit violence with. So wasn't the same thing at all. Yeah, that that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So prior to any of that happening, the the um, Israeli Muslims, Israeli Arabs, had been storing rocks, fireworks, different uh, bits of civil unrest weaponry in the Al-Aqsa Mosque to to um, stage these attacks. Here's another, during Ramadan of all things. Right. They right. also flew the flag of Hamas. From the top of the mosque, which wow. is an absolutely disgusting thing to do, if you know anything about the history of Hamas and Israel, and we'll get mm. into it. Yeah, but the, these Israelis, the, the Israeli citizens, decided that that would be an appropriate thing to do at their mosque on the Temple Mount, which is the third holiest site in the Muslim faith. Uh, hmm. So, so of course, it was it was repeated that. Israel had defaced the Temple Mount and had denigrated the mosque. And obviously this is not true. Um, hmm. And this is a common tactic in the Palestinian, the Palestinian conflict, Palestinian-Israeli conflict, is to stage attacks from soft targets and holy sites so that anyone who defends themselves looks bad. We'll get into right. that more later. Why are these lies? Because they're both based on a little bit of truth. Yes, the, yeah, the Israeli government is evicting people in uh, Sheikh Jarrah. Yes, Israel did break up worship in the Al-Aqsa Mosque over Ramadan. However, it is not the full story. And to get the full story, we're going to have to go back to Mahmoud Abbas. Hunter, do you know who Mahmoud Abbas is? Uh, he is... Uh, uh... I, I think he is. Uh, he, he's the Palestinian leader, correct? He's the yeah. He, basically, he's the leader of the Palestinian Authority. Okay. So, and let's do 
we're going to have to do a little geography and a little history lesson to make this make sense I'm, to everyone. I'm ready. All right. I have my map up. It says... <laughs> okay. So if you're picturing Israel in your mind, it's a little, uh-huh. tri- it's a little triangle, basically. It's okay. offset a little bit so that the left bottom corner is lower than the, the bottom right corner. Mm-hmm. In, in the very bottom left, you have the Gaza Strip. Yep. To the, to the north, you have Syria. And there's a circle that's carved out of the eastern side of Israel. And that is the West Bank and then beyond it, Jordan. So what used to be Israel was all the territories I just mentioned other than Jordan. And now there's been some territory reshuffling. In the, in the Gaza Strip, that is where Hamas rules. Hamas was elected yes. to, to govern the Gaza Strip. So they are part of Palestine. Then in the north, you have the Syrian government and you have um, Islamic Jihad effectively working with the Syrian government in the north. Now in the West Bank, that is territory that is controlled by the Palestinian Authority. And the Palestinian Authority is ruled by Mahmoud Abbas. Got it. Okay. Mahmoud Abbas is currently enjoying the... 17th year of his four-year term. Isn't Aww. that lovely? It's really um, nice. Yeah, let freedom ring, Hunter, and just listen to it for a minute. So that's, that's what's going on in the region. Now, there was supposed to be a vote. The first vote in almost, I, I mean, almost 20 years right, in, yeah. for, in the Palestinian government, in the Palestinian uh-huh. Authority. Some polls came out. Mahmoud Abbas was not doing so well. And this is important to know because the government or the coalition that was edging the Palestinian Authority and Mahmoud Abbas out in this conflict was Hamas. So Hamas, who controls the, the Gaza Strip, was pulling very favorably with folks in the West Bank. Got it. Okay. Understood. You tracking with me? Yes, I am. Now, this might seem inconsequential, but a little history reminds us that Ismail Hamia, I can't pronounce his name very well, but the, the leader of Hamas mm-hmm. was, was elected back in 2006 as the leader of the Gaza Strip under the Hamas party with the Hamas charter. Mm-hmm. Previously, that had been Palestinian Authority territory. So this is not the first time that the Palestinian Authority has been at risk of falling to Hamas leadership. So even though they formed a coalition government together in 2014, there is some internecine competition between Hamas and the PA. You tracking with me? Yeah, I do. I do. I'm with you so far. So, um, So, like I said, this would have been the first vote since 2006 in in the Palestinian Authority controlled region. Polls came out. Hamas was winning. It looked like Hamas was going to come out ahead, which means Mahmoud Abbas loses his power. So he does what any good dictator Palestinian dictator. I don't know. I I don't know if he's a dictator in this one. Uh, It it might as well be. Well, he can cancel elections on a whim. So that's what he does. He canceled his election one week out. Now he said, Hunter, it was the Yudin who made him cancel the election. So he that blamed so the Jews. That makes sense. Wow. He said that Jews 
in Israel were going to prevent Palestinians from voting in the election. Of course they were. How were they going to accomplish this? Probably some of their Jewish magic, Hunter. Oh, okay. Right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, dumb? Very dumb. And okay. Israeli officials even released a statement like, Nope, we'd love for you to have an election. Go right ahead. And Great. he was like, no, this is just one of their Jewish tricks. Oh, yes, of course. So, Not anti-Semitic so, at all. Right. So in response, he said, "We have since we're polling badly, I'm going to cancel this election. We're going to blame Israel, and we're going to start encouraging what has been coined since the TikTok Intifada, which gives me even more ammunition to suggest that we need to kill Gen X immediately or Gen Z. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, we've had enough of them. They have to go. So the TikTok Intifada. Now this is, this was videos being passed around TikTok online. They were also repeated on state TV of like, like Fatah in, um, in Palestine of is Arabs in Israel beating up Jews in Jerusalem. They started playing these videos and encouraging violence effectively. Um, you talking about the guy who, who had the knife and he, had, he told people to go buy the knife for like five shekels and cut him on the neck right here? Yeah, so that's Fatih. I can't remember his last name right now. He's, he's um, a former minister of the interior for Hamas. But th- that was Hamas from the Gaza Strip who said, go mm-hmm. buy a knife for five shekels, cut their arteries, right? So that right. was being said by a, minister, a former minister of the interior for Hamas in the Gaza Strip. But Fatah was, was playing these videos of, of you know, young, young Muslim men yes. beating up Jews in Israel yes. in, in uh, the Palestinian Authority-controlled regions of the West Bank. Yep. They were encouraging this violence and telling people to go out and commit violence. This is what led to the riots that happened in the Al-Aqsa Mosque on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, what required Mm -hmm. the police to go in. And when the police went in to stop the rioting, that's when the missiles started to fly. So there's two big lies that this conflict is based on. And the truth is that this was engineered so Mahmoud Abbas didn't have to pay the Hamas piper. That is what it looks like when you start to actually break this down. Even still, uh, uh, people are trying to blame this on Benjamin Netanyahu, which is crazy. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not even saying that everything that BB does is correct. Sacrosanct. Yeah. What, I, what I am saying is that BB is in the middle of not being able to form a coalition government. Like, right. he is, he, to try, this is what we're going to get into a lot, but trying to draw a moral equivalence between Hamas, who is launching the rockets, and the Palestinian Authority, who's canceling their elections and blaming the Jews, and the Israeli government that has been having special elections back-to-back for like the past couple of years because they can't form a coalition government is ridiculous. Right. Is ridiculous. Yeah. What, and... and not only that, like we said earlier, almost 20% of Israel is Arab. They are not an apartheid state. 0% virtually of Palestinian-controlled areas are Jewish. And I only say virtually because there might be some there that nobody knows about. Because if right. they are found out, they will die. This is a fact. So I think that... Sorry, I just uh, wanted to add one more thing to this, which is, yeah, please. The fact, which is just the fact that the Abraham Accords... I mean, like... 
That's frustrated the Palestinian leaders as well. We've seen these amazing, never before really thought possible peace deals. Thanks to the Trump administration and Jared Kushner and a whole host of staff I don't think you know the names of, you know. Just even as early as last week, Israel was on the verge of having a governing co coalition that included Arab political parties. Yeah. I mean, th th that's insane. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm lifting that directly from uh, Barry Weiss's article. Go read it. It's great. But it, it just seems like because you have all that nonsense going on, well, it, it just... It seems that the position of Palestine is becoming less and less tenable. And right. um, I'm sure they're feeling more and more desperate. And so they're, they're going back to the same well that they've always gone back to, again, so to speak. Yeah, the, the Jew-hating well. Hunter, yes. th that's so critical that you, bring up, that you bring up the change in policy, let's say, from the, yeah. the accords under Trump to what is happening now. Because you'll remember... In, in our previous episode, peace was breaking out left and right. Israel right, exactly. was becoming, uh, becoming partners with its enemies and making allies out of, uh, out of previous terror states. And this had everything to do with U.S. foreign policy. And I, I mean that very directly. Right, um, yeah. Mem members of the Palestinian Brotherhood, um, I'm, I'm sorry, the Muslim Brotherhood, member states, had been making peace deals with Jerusalem, who previously were on charters allied against them. And this had mm -hmm. everything to do with America's position towards Jer Israel and Jerusalem and Iran. So let me tell you a couple of things yes. that the Biden administration had done in the month leading up to these attacks. This, and this is, by the way, what I'm about to talk about, it's your money. If you're in America and you're listening to the sound of my voice, this was done with your money. On April 8th, Biden pledges $290 million to Palestine, some to the Palestinian Authority, who literally pays, it's, it's called uh, pay to slay, they pay stipends to the family of terrorists, to, wow. the, to the Palestinian Authority, $290 million. We gave $15 million in COVID relief, to the Gaza Strip and the West Bank, and an additional $75 million for Biden's favorite word when he's talking about spending money, has no idea what it is. Can you guess what it is, Hunter? Uh, tariff. Infrastructure. Ah, uh, sure. Close oh, my God, that's so annoying. I should have had that. that. Uh, um, um, also, he, the tariff joke is really good, because, I, I mean, who knows what a tariff even is? Yeah, it's laugh, a, a, laugh at me, Chris. Attacks laugh. from the sea. I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm I'm sorry. Keep going. Then he spent. We we gave another forty million for policing and security, which partially was used for arming. Uh, I'm going to butcher this. It's the Fakad. I think it's pronounced Fakad. It's the military wing of the Palestinian Authority. We gave okay. an additional ten million for peace building. And finally, we gave $150 million to the UNRWA, which is a, a basically a completely defunct of a completely defunct uh, defunct wing of a completely defunct group, being the United Nations that funds Palestinian education, and a lot of that money is funneled f uh, fungibly to promote terror in the region. So, hmm. millions and awesome. millions and millions of United States dollars that was, were not previously being spent in Palestine, going to Palestine, 
and all of a sudden violence kicks back out. And that's that's not to not to mention the change in policy that's happened in our correspondence with Iran, which is also a huge contributor. Right. The Biden administration is pursuing what they call a balance of power, which is where they want to strengthen Iran so that there is this nexus between Iran and Jerusalem in the Middle East. And by the way, this has been the policy for a very, very long time. You'll remember that when we did our episode about Donald Trump and his policies, it completely went against the conventional wisdom of peace in the Middle East. You can never be strong uh, in Israel and support Israel and Jerusalem without uh, causing an increased in amount in violence from the Palestinians in the area because it was this silent acknowledgement that they hate the Jews for existing, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that was the consistent, the consistent statement. However, um, the conventional wisdom before that was that if you propped up Iran and Jerusalem and Israel and treated them as these two axes of power in the region, that the mutually assured destruction would stabilize the region, that these two these two countries could hold each other in check effectively. Create a cold war. <laughs> that's the very worst way to put it on <laughs> But yeah, I, I'm just saying that's what it sounds like. Like uh, that thing we had going on with Russia, let's just do one of those there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, well, and to be fair, that's about as good as it works, Hunter. So sure, sure. Biden administration comes in, they're trying to rejoin the Iranian nuclear deal which has been a total disaster. Uh, mm. Do you remember this? A lot of people, I bet, don't remember this. But when Obama left office, th- he signed a resolution that said Jerusalem, that, that specifically Jews, had no historical connection to the Temple Mount. Th- this actually happened. Wow. A United States president said that Jews in Israel had no historical connection to the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. It's, it's eye-watering the blatant lies that we tell about Israel. Yeah. And, and of course, Biden's just a continuation of this policy. And to your right. point, we're starting a cold war. How well did it work out? So we rejoined the Iranian nuclear deal. And this has been going on for the past several weeks now of uh, leaders from both countries in Europe chartering messages back and forth to each other, trying to find some trinket, some bobble that the Biden administration can flash in front of the American people to show that they were hard on Iran. So far, they have gotten practically nothing. In the meantime, Mm. the Iranian uh, Revolutionary Guard is running military maneuvers around our cruisers in the Straits of Hormuz and, and continuing to enrich uranium. So effectively now that we're back like guys it's okay we're back we're gonna be nice to you they're like okay still screw you because we still hate you you know what i'm saying yes yes Uh, exactly yeah this idea that that iran will moderate when we remove sanctions has just proven time and time again not to be true and Mm -hmm. it emboldens it emboldens all of the enemies of jerusalem in palestinian controlled areas in jordan and syria when we do not support them they don't they do not fear the boogeyman of america because it does not look like we're positioning ourselves to have jerusalem's back right well it it just doesn't seem like hamas could have gotten these rockets right without support from 
Iran. Like, how in the world could that even happen, you know? Or how about millions and millions of U.S. dollars? I mean, like, both, right? Like, uh, if you were, um, like, trade-locked Iran, so to speak, if you're sanctioned Iran or something, you, you probably accept a lot of U.S. dollars on pallets or something like that. I mean, yeah, some, that's a little conspiratorial in my thought, but some, something has to be happening there, right? So something has to be happening to get those rockets into the Gaza Strip. Hunter, if I spend any of my money, let's say I spend $100 of my money every month uh-huh. on heroin. If you, yes. give, if you give me 50 bucks, it is not of heroin. $50 worth of heroin. Okay. Then I do the heroin. No. But if you give me <laughs> any amount of money, it's, in, it's not reasonable to say that, you, that some of what you funded was heroin. It's not like we map dollars one to one. It became right. part of my available pool, and I spent out of my available pool. I had a budget, yeah, and I had my heroin budget covered, so, so to speak. When we spend hundreds of millions of dollars, when we send hundreds of millions of dollars to the Gaza Strip, yep, yeah, the idea that some American taxpayer dollars are not funding the rockets that are currently being fired indiscriminately at one of our oldest allies is just not accurate. Yeah, it's a pre- preposterous. It, it doesn't make sense on its face, mm. uh, even if the money didn't directly transfer. You understand what I'm right. saying? Yes. So Hamas starts launching rockets. Israel starts launching rockets. We'll talk a little bit more about the conflict on the ground, and then maybe we'll get into some analysis. How's that sound? Sounds good. So Israel's rockets are both more effective and far more surgical than Hamas's rockets. Hamas has fired thousands of rockets at this point. In fact, in just a couple of days, they had fired over 4,000 rockets. And here's one of the worst parts. Uh, There are videos of Hamas launching these rockets, and there's just eerie videos of people screaming Allahu Akbar out in the streets, cheering the launching of these missiles into Israel. And, And the thing is that these, you can look at maps in Israel about where these rockets are landing, they are landing on every square inch of Israel. One of them hit a school the other day. Um, I can't remember the name of that town that that happened in off the top of my head, but they're hitting soft targets. And a lot of times they're aimed at soft targets, which is, is incredible. And one of the eeriest things about those videos is that these people are in public areas. They are in hospitals. You can see them filming from apartment complexes and mosques. And this is a common tactic of Hamas and other other jihadist terrorists in the region. They choose to install their, their operations behind civilians. Mm-hmm. And they do this specifically because they know that Israel is unwilling to strike them. Right. So they're firing indiscriminately into Israel. On the other side of the conflict, Israel has run one of the most surgical, humanitarian, conciliatory campaigns that I think has ever been run. Yeah, we, we've definitely done worse in the uh, American context, so to speak, uh, probably Hunter, like several whatever times. could you be talking about? What Nothing. I cannot even think of one example or two I examples. Cannot even, <laughs> I can't even think of uh, two examples, Christopher. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. 
but uh, they've been doing these things. They've been they've been for one targeting military targets as much as possible. And again, it's yeah. hard when Hamas builds its its military barracks underneath hospitals, which right. is a fact. Look it up if you don't think I'm telling the truth. Um, they've been calling. So we'll get into the a specific story later. But they've been calling the the managers and operators and security workers at buildings where they plan on bombing because they have in uh, you know good intel that Hamas is operating out of the building they will call them and ask them to evacuate the building before they destroy it right there's there's a video of a recorded conversation of someone in the Gaza strip getting a call from the IDF the Israeli defense force and saying hey you need to get everyone out and he's asking for specifics he also mentions in that very same tape about knock bombs. So yep. what they're doing is they're dropping these these low charge light bombs on buildings as warning shots so people will evacuate the buildings before they blow them up. It's kind of like when you throw the rocks on a girl's window. It's not like that at all. It's kind of, <laughs> it's it's really kind not of like, like that, that if afterwards you threw a fully a fully loaded hand grenade. Right, but but let's talk about that for a little bit. I'm being a little funny, and sorry, it's not to make fun of people losing their homes or anything like that, but what it essentially does is it hits the building, and it's like, hey, we called. Nope, we told you to get out, and and, and just in case you haven't, and just in case, it's essentially like, it works like a dumb bomb that hits the top of the building and just goes, dong, right, and just Mm -hmm. tells everybody, like, you need to get out now. And if nothing else, your little rat brain will be nervous and go, what, what was that? And it'll go outside and, and look up and see what's going on. It's a phone call. It's a rock. And then the building comes down. Right. I mean, it, that's the procedure here. It, it's a, that's a, that's a, I mean, how much nicer can you be when, when someone is shooting rockets out of the third floor, out of a five-story building? I mean, you know, right. what else can you do at that point? Right. Right. Well, and, and right. what's so sad is, is, and I would imagine maybe not in the most free and clear election, but this is the elected government of the Gaza Strip. It is. Sure. And, and yeah. I do not think, I, I am not making the argument that these people are supporting their own constituency. By the way, uh, there's something like 5 to 10% of the rockets that Hamas launches land in the Gaza Strip. On Palestinian territory, they are shelling their own. And so, although we've seen in these videos, there's some constituents who are very galvanized by this. Of course, the entire push from this to this from the start was to try and galvanize Arab voters and Palestinian voters, right? So there's a certain there's a certain usefulness to that. However, I, I would say that there's probably a underserved segment of the Palestinian constituency that is not pleased with what Hamas is doing because they are literally bombing themselves, literally bombing themselves. And, you know, you can look at the disparate, the disparate numbers and deaths and Jerusalem as per usual doing, they're much better at killing than anybody else on the face of planet earth. They are great at it. So quit messing with them. However, not all of those numbers can be drawn back to Israel because like I said, Hamas is shelling its own territory. It is shelling its own right. people. Not, Obviously by mistake. Well, by by simply not caring enough. Sure, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. 
the the second time might be a mistake. The two hundredth time isn't a mistake, Hunter. Sure, that's, that's a good point. That's willful, willful. That that's being willing to accept the consequences. Right. Sure. Um, yeah. Can, can I ask you one thing? And I, I'm not really sure how much you know about it, but sure. I read that the AP building got destroyed. Yeah. I actually read the AP article on that. Um, I think that AP's uh, essential take um, is that there was not Hamas in that building, according to their research. Um, so Israel destroying it felt weird, and and uh, and so. And, and they've also done work at link to um, get the Palestinian story out. And so they felt that it was politically motivated. Al Jazeera was in the building as well. And so they had a similar feeling. Uh, I was only able to read the AP article on that. Was there anything additional to that that, that you saw? I haven't seen anything that's confirmed Hamas was in that building. I'm not sure what led Israel to believe that. And I was just curious if you've seen anything beyond that. Okay, I think, yes, I think this story is completely stupid. Now, okay. when the Associated Press first came out and said that this had happened, they did not include the detail that the IDF had given them hours of lead time that to, too, yeah. to escape the building before they were going to bomb it. Right. So here's the question that you have to ask yourself. Is giving this story to the Associated Press that you're bombing their building because you don't like their reporting worth the the negative press? Like, how much is bombing their point. building going to hinder their reporting, which can be done on laptops that are mobile? In Europe. Yeah. How, how, how much of their infrastructure is tied to that building? And how stupid do you think that I am? And then you're mm. going to come out and not report that they gave you several hours of warning to get you and your journalists out of the building before they bombed it. I just don't buy it. I don't buy what the Associated Press is telling. They, they lied by omission to start with. And, mm. and then when it came out that the IDF said, no, we gave you plenty of time, they're like, oh, yeah, but... but Hamas wasn't even there. You were just targeting journalists. Then, I see what okay, you're saying. how well did that work? Because you're literally reporting that. Like right now, you're doing the thing that you said they intended to stop you from doing. And Hunter, this can be applied to a lot of different areas of this conflict. Okay. The, the Israeli Air Force could turn the Gaza Strip into a sea of glass. And they're not, yeah. Yeah, they they could have they could have done it in less time than it will take you to listen to this podcast, and they don't. They they have complete air dominance over Hamas. And, and what do you, you think Hezbollah is going to stop them? Hezbollah can't stop them either. If if right. Israel decided to eliminate its enemies, it would be successful very quickly. the The risk would be Turkey or Russia or China stepping in, right? Sure. So, and the same goes for, like, the Al-Aqsa Mosque. Israel, Israel controls that territory. They can clear out that mosque anytime they want. However, what they do instead is they clear out Jews on the Temple Mount. This apartheid argument, this, this oppressor argument, falls apart under the weakest scrutiny. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, you're talking about Al Jazeera, we're talking about Saudi press. Now, I know Saudi's made a peace deal with Israel, but I... You know, I historically they have sided with Palestine. I just I don't buy the story, like hmm. because if Israel wanted to stop the reporting, 
they could have stopped the reporting. So I understand what you're saying. To say that yeah. that's their goal is very stupid to me. Right. I understand that. I mean, it doesn't seem great to blow up the building that has journalists in it, but I mean, it doesn't seem good to blow up buildings with civilians in them. And at the same time, and, and at the same time, that is the moral dilemma that Hamas is putting Israel in. Right, that's exa- that's exactly what they want to do. They they know it will look bad if you bomb, if if you displace civilians in their apartments. So we're going to launch missiles from those apartments. Yeah, we're going right? to and force so, like, you to make that decision. Right, exactly. And so, do you want your family to die, or do you want the bad news story? And and that's the gun that they have to Israel's head. Yeah. So I hear what you're saying, and right, and I I, I think once you begin to unpack that, that it just doesn't stand up. And so I. I, I I I just don't I get what you're saying because why would they make that story up? It'd be great to have evidence, but without it doesn't really matter because the argument you're making is well, it doesn't buy them anything to yeah. have it essentially. So I get what you're saying. Yeah. The the last thing I'll say is the majority of the people that have been killed in Palestine have been terrorists. Um, uh, I think it was something like a hundred and fifteen or so. Um, as of the most recent numbers that I was able to get my hands on were members of Hamas and then another 50 or so, uh, or maybe it was more like a 125, 25, another 25 or so were members of Islamic Jihad. So, okay. So they're, they are being fairly surgical. One of the ways that they were able to accomplish this is by this, this awesome like Twitter faint where they said they were going to begin a ground invasion of the Gaza Strip, which caused many of the Hamas militants to retreat to their terror tunnel network. And then Israel bombed the mess out of the terror tunnel, and there was never a ground invasion. So pretty good feint by the IDF. They are brutal as always and surgical as always. Um, And, yeah. And, And another thing is that the Iron Dome has been repelling thousands of rocket strikes a day. And if you haven't watched it, you ought to. It's simply astounding footage. So, I, Chris, I just want to give you like this this tiny little bit of oh, Cold cool. War history, um, just just because it's so interesting in the context, and I, I think it just will behoove our audience to hear it. Um, Reagan and Khrushchev, uh, I'm sorry, Gorbachev, actually, actually met early at this small little house at the beginning of the Cold War before he ever said, Gorbachev, tear down this wall. And they actually almost solved the Cold War in this little house together. Um, And the reason that they didn't is because Reagan would not give up the Star Wars program. And Gorbachev said that it had to be relegated to lab testing, never in the field. So what is Star Wars? Well, Star Wars was this satellite program that was basically missiles designed to shoot Soviet nuclear missiles down before they ever before they ever reach the United States. Well, what is the Iron uh, Dome, essentially? Well, it acts just like Star Wars. It's it's this terrestrial-based missile defense system that's designed to shoot these rockets that are coming in from Hamas. It's exactly Star Wars, just on a terrestrial scale. So the crazy thing to think about is Reagan essentially was right. Like, this system worked. It was just something like the technology hadn't caught up to the times, and he's belittled at the time for, for you know, trying to end the Cold War like this, but he, he just essentially actually got it right. Like, th- this is an actual real yeah. system that can work. And Well, I you're mean, literally... You're shooting missiles with other missiles. I mean, it right. is poetry in motion. And, right. and to think about the the, the math. calculus and geometry that yes. you have to do to integrate that, yes. just 
incredible. So it's worth it's worth watching. In fact, it's kind of funny. There are some really hilarious videos where uh, where people living in Jerusalem or Tel Aviv or, or these cities that are being shelled right now are are putting the Iron Dome in work to the theme from Star Wars, which is pretty. <laughs> it's pretty. It shows a good. It shows a good sense of humor, you know. Well, well um, it's like, I'm, I mean, that, that's what I'm saying, and I, I'm a little sorry because I, I know that's way off topic, but I, I think it's just so interesting, especially for the future of the defense systems too. Yeah. And, and the other thing that we're noticing is that the thing about the Iron Dome is that it, it's not failing because it, it's not efficient. Uh, it, it's yeah. doing great. It, it, it just it, it lacks scale. The thing that Hamas is doing is that it's overwhelming the systems with thousands and thousands of rockets, and it can't handle thousands. Right. And and so if it just had more computing power or more missiles available, it would be absolutely able to handle yeah. them. And that's one of the, the that's we've pretty much caught you up to the conflict as it stands right now. But one of the ongoing worries is that is that the missiles in the Iron Dome need to be replenished. Sure, and, yeah, no And doubt. that's going to be, because it does seem that the goal of Hamas is to overwhelm it. And, and in addition to that, Hezbollah has hundreds of thousands of rockets mm-hmm. just you know, north of, north of uh, Jerusalem or, or truly to the east of Jerusalem. So uh, that's an ongoing worry um, as, as the, you know, it's not unlimited ammo. We're not sure. at lasers quite yet. Sure, no so, doubt. Okay, so you understand the conflict, and that's good. To get to the core point that I want to bring up, we're going to have to talk about the American media and political reaction to the conflict. So I've just got a list of folks here, Hunter. And interrupt me, jump in with others, but I've just got a list of folks and things that they've said. So the Biden administration... Some good, some bad, actually, from the Biden administration. So, okay. first of all, they did this really limp-wristed calls for de-escalation on both sides thing, which I don't really appreciate um, because I don't think that it is worthwhile. But Joe Biden also said pretty unequivocally that Israel had a right to defend itself. So that's a good thing. So balls and strikes. Some good, some bad from the Biden administration. So, you know, that is what it is. Now, Mm -hmm. it gets worse. It gets worse from there. (laughs) As you can imagine, Ilhan Omar. uh, Who? She, you know, whenever the Jews are in the news, she's there to give them the screws. That rhymed too much. Uh, (laughs) Of course, she had to speak up. Even though we've described to you these surgical airstrikes against military targets with knocking, etc., and warnings, she called the Israeli airstrikes terrorism on Twitter and said that uh, the Palestinians determ- deserve protection like the Iron Dome. So effectively, she's making this case that what Israel is doing is terrorism, but it doesn't work the other way around because Israel has the Iron Dome. So it's a lot. La- it's fine to launch rockets as long as someone's really good at stopping rockets but it's not okay if people aren't good at shooting down rockets to shoot rockets at them you know save that nugget you know you know they absolutely do deserve an iron dome and their leaders could spend their money on that rather than on 
missiles to shoot at Israel. So. I'll, I, the, I, in my opinion, in sure. my opinion, the Gaza Strip and Hamas has the quickest path to an Iron Dome of all time. And it sure. simply looks like this. Quit launching rockets at Israel. Yep. I You're think right. that that would You're be the, right. the most effective Iron Dome that they could possibly build is yep. stop launching rockets. Yep. Yep. My thoughts. agree. Uh, she also retweeted some direct Hamas pro- uh, propaganda with lies about the Alaska mosque attack. So typical stuff from the least grateful refugee currently in the American Congress, hmm. Ilhan Omar. And of course, we had another another Jew hater that the the left refuses to break up with. Rashida Tlaib sounded off. Tlaib, whatever, doesn't matter to me. She called Israel an apartheid state and an apartheid system. Of course, this old trope. And she said the U.S. was enabling Israeli racism on MSNBC. So the U.S., who's funding Palestine to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars. Don't get me wrong. We're also spending tons of money on Israel. Sure. Is a funder of racism. Israeli-based racism. She... She's been tweeting almost daily since the conflict, Hunter, about the cruelty of the Israeli apartheid system, about um, how we had to have justice for Palestine. Weirdly enough, and this is like one of the funny things about any time the left gets behind an issue where they're totally on the wrong side. She retweeted Mm -hmm. some propaganda from a group called, uh, what is it? It's like Sunshine Justice or the Sunshine Collective. That says we can't have climate justice without Palestinian justice. So, per usual, the climate people are going to have to tack on to this conflict because it's everything ridiculous. is involved with everything. So, she retweeted a bunch of this stuff. She tweets almost daily. And this actually got her endorsed by our friend, Linda Sarsour. <laughs> so, just oh. the greatest people coming out of the woodwork to support Rashida Tlaib. Good to see that Linda is still relevant. You know, I, I always get worried about her, so good to see yeah. that she's still in the news. And let's remind people, what, what was her friend she was on stage with and said that she was honored to, to share the same air as uh, Rhea, someone, the convicted, uh, the convicted terrorist who killed a couple Jews back yes, in the 60s. Something like that. Can't remember her last name right now. But uh, Also said those things about Ion Hersey Ali. Yeah. Yeah. Can't Beautiful. delete those tweets. Can't so. delete those tweets. Yeah. Uh, not from my memory. Um, of course, all of the truly anti-Semitic um, Jew haters had their say, but their little buddy who likes to tag along came waddling up incoherently behind them. Hunter AOC, of course, had to <laughs> had to stick her finger into the electrical outlet that is hot takes on Israel. She basically just tweeted a bunch of lies about the Sheikh Jarrah evictions, talking mm. about how this was unconscionable over Ramadan. Um, and you know what? I kind of tend to agree. They didn't give them nearly enough notice. Half a century is just never going to quite cut it for an eviction no, notice. That's just true. ridiculous. So ridiculous. more lies from AOC. Uh, nothing too blatantly anti-Semitic, though, which is nice. Um, of course, the Associated Press had their little snafu, their little waffling. Uh, Bernie Sanders came out and one of the weirdest anti-Semitic takes from a Jew um, and he was talking about the the his great great concern for far right extremism in Israel. And, and let me be clear about this point because I've throwing around the term anti semite a lot. 
if you say that Israel defending itself from rocket attacks is inconscionable and should not be allowed, that's anti-Semitic. And the reason it is is because there's a difference between being anti-Israel and not supporting certain policies that Israel has and not agreeing to the baseline solution, the baseline idea that Israel has a right to defend itself. If you say Israel does not have a right to defend itself, what you are saying is that Israel does not have a right to exist. Because if you look at its position in the world, and this is true of any country, no country exists without the right to defend itself. Now, you don't always have to employ that right, but you have to have the right to defend yourself to exist. And... And people who make the argument that it's wrong when Israel does it, when they are the only Jewish state on the face of planet Earth in a sea of Muslim states in the Middle East, this amounts, in my opinion, to anti-Semitism. I think that there's a fairly good argument to be made there. Egypt doesn't have the right to defend itself. Kenya doesn't have the right to defend itself. And you can kind of see it playing out from there, right? It becomes very obvious what you're after, right? You want the death of the people in that country. Right. So it's obvious what you want to achieve there. MSNBC has been carrying their fair share of water. They said that the Palestinians, they had a Palestinian on to say that the U.S. has waged more wars and genocides than Hamas had members. So just open lies, open propaganda from MSNBC. Um, And one of the worst will not surprise you. It was actually Trevor Noah. Yeah, Yeah, this take is just obnoxious. Yeah. Okay. Well, tell us a little bit about it then. Um, if I remember the argument correctly, uh, he just basically makes this point that I don't remember his exact quote, but it comes to something that, like like this. Um, his take is: if you know you can win a fight, and you you fight back, is that moral? Um, I think I got pretty close to it. You might have the exact verbiage up. Yeah. Though that was that was I don't have the exact transcript up, but his point was. No comedian is going to figure out who's good and who's bad in the Israel-Palestine conflict, but he quoted things like the impressive capabilities of the IDF and of the Iron Dome and talking about if you know that you can win, how hard should you punch back? And this is such an incredibly bad take, an incredibly poor metaphor. It breaks down immediately because... It, it's it's taking personal violence and applying it to a country. And this is the type of collectivization that we always see from the left hunter. They don't care that a seven-year-old girl was killed in southern Israel by a, a rocket from Hamas last week. They don't care about that because she is a number. She was one of the collective and not right. a very important one at that. And of the collective, more of the collective Palestinian has died than the collective Israelis. So this builds into our oppressor-oppressed narrative so let's not talk about her let's say israel as a whole as a collective has to decide to withhold right that's not how a government works a government protects its citizens because its citizens are individuals and that seven-year-old girl can do absolutely nothing to defeat a rocket from hamas so that argument falls apart entirely what is the seventh seven-year-old girl going to do in the face of hamas Sure. No, that's except a great for point. Die slowly. Except for die slowly, die quickly, die miserably. I, yeah. I'm just going to read this from Barry Weiss's article. Even sure. the smart celebrities are getting in on the action. Trevor Noah weighed in with this, Jim. I just want to ask an honest question here. If you're in a fight where the other person cannot beat you, 
How much should you retaliate when they try to hurt you? Just so we have this straight, a country should accept a terrorist group launching deadly rockets at its civilian population because a comedian thinks that the terror group won't win. If there was no Iron Drome and more Israelis were killed by Hamas, would it be okay with the noted military strategist Trevor Noah for Israel to try to stop their rocket attacks? Hmm. Well said. Yeah, exactly. So it's it it brings up a question, Hunter, because there's so many things about this conflict that would make you think that the left and the mainstream media and the elite would be siding with Israel in this right. situation. Right. They didn't start this conflict, and there's really no question about that. They are not the apartheid state. All the all the states surrounding them are engaged in apartheid right. conditions. Uh, they have democratic elections remember how big of a deal free and fair elections were this cycle well well the people that they're supporting passively in the west bank Mm -hmm. just canceled the first election they were going to have in a generation right whereas in the past year israel's had like seven (laughs) because they can't put a government together right okay in, in the gaza strip and in the west bank and in jordan and in Palestinian-controlled territories and Muslim-controlled territories, they like to drag gay people behind their pickup trucks before stoning them to death or throwing them off a building. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, remember being an ally? You know, the rainbows, LGBTQIAARP, plus being two? Being an ally. Yeah. Well, these people aren't yep. down with it. They're not yep. in these yeah. countries. <laughs> and I'm not talking about Muslims as a faith or as a religion. I'm talking about the... What goes around in these countries. They're not down. So, so many of these little vignettes, these little items, you would think the left would agree with Israel on and be supporters of Israel. These are brown bodies, are they not? Right. But they're not considered that. Well, it just depends on whether or not it's useful. Mm -hmm. Here's what I zeroed in on, Hunter, and... Here's where I think we're going to make some people mad. Okay. What is a Nazi? Okay. What is it? How would you define a Nazi? What uh, is it about the blood Nazis? And soil. Well, okay, so there's that idea, right? Sure. But what is it about the Nazis that has captured the minds of millions? Painting them as the, the Holocaust, the uber victim across time. Yeah, it's the Holocaust, right? Right. Yeah. And what was the goal of the Holocaust? To to murder Jews. To murder Jews. To wipe out the Juden. Right. Juden fry. Right. Jew free. Right. This was the goal, and the, it's was painted for years. And by these people, punch a Nazi. Go out, punch a Nazi. Mm-hmm. They weren't mm-hmm. punching a Nazi because they loved Germany. They were punching a Nazi because they were racist. Right? And right, you hear exactly. this all the time. And, and their fascism was intertwined with their racism, right? Mm-hmm. Hamas has in its charter that they exist to hunt down and destroy not just the state of Israel, but every Jew on planet earth the leader of hezbollah said that he hopes that jews choose to return to israel so he doesn't have to hunt them down across the face of the earth how is this not nazism 
how is this not the Holocaust? Right. Well, I figured it out, Hunter. Or at least an Hunter. attempt at it, right? I figured it out. And here's, here's the, the, here is the accusation I'm willing to leverage. Okay. You do not hate Nazis if you're on the left. And if you're one of these radical wokesters, you do not hate Nazis because of what they believe. You, had the, you hate them because they had the power to enact it. Hamas, in its charter, believes the same thing. The same thing as, as okay. Hegel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they can't do it yet. But they can't enact the policy. They don't have the efficacy to enact the policy. So you don't hate Jew hatred. You don't hate the right. subjugation. You hate the powerful. And they tell us directly. Trevor Noah says it's a question about power. It is, yeah. It's not a, it's it's not a question about who believes what. It's a question about power. You go back to Ilhan Omar. Yes, she says that they And she says they an deserve an iron dome. Yeah, uh-huh. You don't hate Nazis. You hate powerful people. You hate anyone who is effective at doing what they intend to do. And it's probably because you are not their equal and you know it. Yeah, I hate Nazis. But you know why I hate Nazis, Hunter? For the exact same reason that I hate Hamas and I hate Hezbollah. Because I think that there is nothing more disgusting than hunting down anyone because of their race. Mm Mm-hmm. It sickens me. Same reason that you hate it the KKK. It sickens me. That's mm-hmm. exactly right. Yep. And yet you hate them. Mm-hmm. You hate them because they were good at what they did. How sick. How sick that you would support and carry water for a regime that calls for the exact same thing that the Holocaust enacted. And the only difference is their ability to carry out their violent, evil plans. It's a focus on the collective instead of the individual. It's a postmodern, neo-Marxist, power differential argument to explain. It's the only answer, Hunter. It's the only answer because these people believe the same thing. There are no bigger fans of Adolf Hitler and Dr. Mengele on planet Earth right now and, and Himmler right now than those that are writing documents saying the reason that we exist is to murder as many Jews as possible and writing it down and voting it into power and in acting it as best they can feebly against Israel. There's no bigger fans of that regime than those folks right. on planet Earth right now. And you are carrying water for them. And you tell us the reason why. You've told us the reason why. It is disturbing to me that the people who scream loudest about hating Nazis hate them for the wrong damn reason. Right. And I think this is one of those, this is one of the things that we are talking about. We were discussing this a couple of weeks ago with how, how can you tell when these people, you know, uh, when, when can you judge these people's intentions? Like when is the right time to do that? And the thing that becomes really obvious is when your stated policy and your stated goals um, begin to achieve a something different, right? When you have policy X and it achieves uh, a result that doesn't seem to yes. match your intentions, to match your beliefs, then I have the right to assume that you don't, yes. uh, that that's not your goal, that you actually have another desire because as an adult, you should be able to distinguish from when your policy isn't achieving the results you desire. And so it, it seems like with all these people that 
what, what they're essentially doing is why are they treating Israel any different than they would treat mm-hmm. any of these other smaller countries, you know, and if they're constantly wanting to be champions of the underdog, but their policies are harming people, I mean, what what is the difference between Hamas and blood and soil? Because the difference doesn't appear to be very obvious. I mean, they seem to be pursuing the exact same policy to some extent. Yeah. I mean, it's the exact same thing. I mean, it's literally over soil. Yeah, and, and Israel's tried to give them back land on numerous occasions, it's never been enough. Right, and and the difference between that side and Israel is that they they simply can't take over that blood and soil. And, you know, to to give them their due, you know, that land was taken from them. I mean, j- just to give them their due, not not saying this is necessarily sure. true, but, but just to give them the point, Pretend that's true. Just pretend that's true, right. And it, what's... <laughs> What's difficult about this is, is it seems that the postmodernists have found uh, another word game to play. You know, a, a struggle for power that there's a there's a new colonializer right. in town, and that they're they're attempting to trap them right. down just like all the others. They 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 will put together the coalition of the oppressed at almost any cost. Yes. So that's yes, my call yes. to you. If you're if you're currently carrying water for Palestine in this conflict, there's two possible states of the universe for you. You're uninformed, or you're right. a Nazi sympathizer. Period. It's a great way Period. to put it, Chris. And, and here's the thing. If Israel had the same intentions for Palestinians as Palestinians directly say that they have for Jews, there would be no Palestinians. They would right. be glass. They would be an right. ocean of glass. And yet, they exist. And Israel warns them before they bomb them. And Israel targets only military targets. And Israel only attacks in retaliation. On the other side, if if Palestine had the power that Israel has, there would not be any Jews, at least not in the Middle East. Right, and th- this is also true that Israel is more than willing to put them into their governing structure. There, no there are Muslims, Arabs, sitting on the Supreme Court in Israel right now, and, and people like Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib, you you disgusting anti-Semites have the audacity to say it's an apartheid state. It's insane. dominated by racism. Are, uh, uh, sorry, are there any Jews in the Muslim Brotherhood right now? <laughs> I, I, if there are, I'm woefully unaware of them, but I'm, I'm willing for you to point them out. You tell me which ministers of the Hamasian regime are currently held by Ashkenazi Jews. Mm. I'm going to guess that the number is zero. And I'm going to guess that not because I'm conspiratorial, because they write it down and sign it and agree to it. And that's why Hamas exists. Don't be a Nazi sympathizer. And if you hate Nazis so much that you want to go punch them, which, by the way, I don't even agree with. Right. Until they commit violence. Yep. Agreed. If you hate them so much, if you're going to be so outspoken about your hatred for them, hate what they stood for. Not that they were able to accomplish it. Your distaste for efficacy is pathetic. It is pathetic. Don't be pathetic. Don't be a Nazi sympathizer. I don't think we need to put any ads in this episode, Hunter. Let's just leave it there. It's disgusting, the anti-Semitism that we are seeing come from the American 
journalists and politicians on elite on this issue, but it is not surprising. It is not surprising. They will put together the coalition of the dispossessed at any cost. Do not be a part of it. Hold them to account. I hope this is fatwa worthy. I think that everything <laughs> that you stand for is disgusting. And I'm talking directly to Hamas and Hezbollah and the Palestinian Authority. What you stand for is disgusting, even if you're weaker. Because you know what? There's nothing more dangerous than weak men. And I, I, I would say, Christopher, just to tag on to that, that, that there's nothing, there's nothing I think... There's nothing sweeter than being hated by evil men, <laughs> right? It's like, it's like how, how good, because it means that you see me as a threat. You see my actions as a threat. And if your game is murdering, if it's killing people for existing, I hope that you hate me. I, I, I hope that I live my life in such a way that causes you discomfort. I it's, hope that you want to kill my family. Because it's not just sweet, Hunter. It's a reminder, too. It's a reminder right. to continuously live your life that way. Right, exactly, Chris. And I understand that that sounds crazy. I mean, morality is a little crazy for crying out loud. And, you know, I, mm. of course it would feel this way. So, well, I don't really feel like there's any sense in putting an ad read on this. So um, I'm not going to go to my yeah. job tomorrow. And I'm sure you won't be going to your job tomorrow. And, uh, you know, this This has been Carl Pulling, everybody. We really appreciate you guys listening to it. It's, it's fun doing shows like this. Hey, one last thing. One last thing. I know several of uh, my Jewish friends and um, my, my Jewish friends' families, by extension, are scared right now because you have family in Jerusalem or you're scared at what's being said on the media. By the same token, I believe that there's people in Palestine that want nothing to do with this conflict. And I'll just say this. Our hearts go out to anybody who yes. is being victimized by this conflict. This is By their government, yeah. Un unconscionable what is happening. And uh, especially for, for those in America, for those not in the Middle East who are, aren't in the heart of the conflict, my heart goes out to my Jewish friends who don't hear often enough that they are supported and that people care about what's happening to their family and people care about the rhetoric that happens in regards to them. I think it is, like I've said at the beginning of the show, there's something that defies logical explanation going on here. We notice it. We are going to do our best to be judicious historians and accurately represent the conflict and it is not only Jews who care about what is happening. That's right. So, anyhow. Well, um, if you guys have been listening this long, then you know how to get in touch with us or follow the show and all that. So thank you so much. Uh, we really enjoy doing episodes like this. They're meaningful. We find them meaningful. And if the show had, you know, 20 listeners or if it had, you know, 20 million listeners, it wouldn't change what we said here. Uh, if anything, you know, we, 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 this is the way, the way we feel. and We feel it's necessary to speak this way. If anything, it would make us just feel nervous. <laughs> but uh, we really appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to this and being here for us. So, um, guys, get out of the back seat. We're home. And get tested. Get tested.